Back in the 1940s, C.S. Lewis, in a very challenging book after he had lost the love of joy, he wrote the problem of pain and grief um, that was observed. He wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Now, I have an artist that I use in some of my classes that shows Jesus in the cradle, born Christmas time. But what's interesting about the way the artist presented it was shepherd's staff leaning over the cradle, but if you look into the ground, you'll see a shadow with a cross. Because Jesus was born to suffer. Jesus chose to suffer. And into that suffering, he even calls us. A couple things we're going to look at. Undeserved suffering, the unique suffering of Christ, and then unselfish suffering, where we begin to mirror that back. Unjust suffering mirrors the pathway and purpose of Christ. In fact, Adoniram Judson was a, a famous missionary, thrown into jail for 17 years, shackled so severely that he ended up with scars up and down his arms to the country of Burma. And when he was released, he decided to go to a neighboring country and the, the uh, unbelieving ruler said, no, 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 you're not coming to my place. People are stupid enough to listen to your voice or what you say, but I'm afraid that your scars might turn them towards your religion. Yeah. There is something powerful about what we uh, see exhibited in Christ Jesus and in his followers. Remember that Paul, who had been a persecutor, then would say, I carry on my body the scars of the whipping and wounds from Jesus' enemies that mark me as his slave. Unjust suffering is Christ-like. Once, when Bob Hope received a major award, he responded, I don't deserve this, but then I have arthritis and I don't deserve that either. <laughs> I know the feeling. That's a little bit of suffering. <coughs> Jesus was sinless in his life and his thoughts. Two things are very evident in this as a, a precise text. We almost say that it's creedal in its fashion. First of all, it shows up in the Greek word hypos which is uh, for you, Christ for you. And that's very simple, but the deepest of theology is that he went in your place. It is a substitute sufferer. And, and I only think you can understand that is if you could witness somebody going through pain, but you were the one that it was supposed to come upon. Someone pushes you aside and takes the front of the bus, <laughs> and they are grievously harmed. You know, that whole concept is in Ephesians as well. Christ gave himself up for us. He takes the condemnation away. And that's what it says throughout Paul's writings. He nails it to the cross. And it is not because of condemnation that we follow Jesus, 
the sufferings that we might even engage because of his name, it's because it is a divine call. And we'll get there in just a little bit. But he also suffered, according to this text, as our example. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. It even says, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Now the concept of this in the Greek, hippogramen, is how we learn. We learn to copy our teacher's beautiful writing. You remember that, don't you? First time you got a pen, and you got it right into your pencil. You never had a pen when you were a kid. Pencil, so you could erase. And you followed the, the lines. It was like dot to dot almost. <laughs> and you got good at A's and B's and C's because you followed that example. In fact, this is the word that is an exact copy. And then the word follow is that of a most difficult rocky path that uh, you're shown that you have to walk in his footsteps. And uh, as I got ready for this, I've been thinking about this all week long. I don't know what it is about aging, but I do know that it brings more suffering. <laughs> I hope we're more prepared for things as we age. Suffering becomes more of a stamp of who we are. And it'll show sometimes in our, our thinking, sometimes in our bodies, sometimes in our movements. And we try to defy it, and we should. We try to stay in good health. But that's just a physical reminder. There's also the fact that in this culture, the culture will not accept us. There is a pattern of injustice and social exclu exclusion that happens. Because who in the world would teach, who in the world would teach you must suffer as a part of a calling? It doesn't fit the identification, the pattern, the model, the prototype of the world. They're always looking for the glamour. Think about how kids all want to sell toys on TikTok and make a lot of money. <laughs> it's like the things that come easily rather than those that are labor. And a, a world where people chase ambulances so they can get some kind of uh, compensation package. My goodness, we live in a world where everybody wants rights and entitlement. And yet Jesus, says is the one who did not suffer and he did not sin in his thoughts or his words. The influence of Christ's life is uh, seen right to the very end because on the cross he gave relief to the thief and even to the whole crowd when he would say Father Father forgive me. So any person who follows Christ is going to have to try to live a pure and righteous life. Not in that way of making God more happy, but in the way of Christ. And it is there that we show also we are willing to sacrifice and to love God supremely by living a holy life that we give honor and glory and worship to Him. Now the suffering of Jesus, however, is unique. And there you can see the perfect person. 
He's calm, he is compassionate and committed. Calm in the face of cruelty shows love. Reviled, but he did not rail back at the attackers. He is committed uh, in the concept that the steps would lead him to the cross. The Greek word there means to hand over, to deliver into the hands of. He delivered his life into the hands of the Father. And it was because of his compassion. He did it all willingly. He chose the way of suffering. And that, for me, is the compelling feature. You hear Jesus' voice, but then you watch where he goes. You walk along in the footsteps of Lent, and it leads you to a hill of death. But you also see the hope of life there. It's from the cross of Christ that we are given the full picture of our shepherd. You know, Jesus was uh, reconciling. He was bringing the world back. John Stott once said, I could never believe in God by myself if it were not for the cross. And the cross becomes the level, the way in which God engages us. Only one human being could carry the cross. And that was our Savior Christ. Unique. In street language, you would say, Jesus does suffer. <laughs> and now the last part, which is the um, unselfish suffering. Jesus didn't seek to spare his own life but ours. Again, someone asked C.S. Lewis, why do the righteous suffer? Why not, he responded. They're the only ones who can take it. It is, in fact, in the scriptures throughout. Romans, Paul would learn. Do you remember how he was called? How much he would suffer for the name of Christ. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. But then he turns around and he also encourages, therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That is our calling. Not to hurt back. Not to get even. I, I remember as a child, my brother was the one who I thought invented punchbacks. I guess that's what big brothers do. And I learned how to punch back. But in the world, as we exhibit Christ, as we understand Him, as we share Him, we don't hurt back. It seems almost as a weakness, and Paul will call it such, when I am weak, then I am strong. But God uses suffering to draw us into Christ and then to lend authority and authenticity to our lives. Can you try, once again, to look at your suffering, all of it, but especially that where you are being persecuted as you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Can you try to look at that as God's taking you through the same valley with the voice of your good shepherd? He has everything in mind for you, a beautiful new beginning, and a wonderful way, and he will carry you through 
The Lord is our shepherd. We will not want for anything, even as we suffer. Amen.